Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in cars going to festivals. Sometimes you follow the study program worse. I've done it. Well, I've done it too. <laughs> it took me two years to finish the ADF dedicate path work. I am stalled out on CTP 3 currently. Yeah. Uh, I took some months off in the middle of my initiate work. Um, I actually think I might have been one of the rare and lucky ones who the dedicate work was okay for me. Um, I attribute that to coming straight out of college and making the decision that I was already used to writing papers and so I would just keep doing it. That does help. (laughs) I think it took me about three years for each circle of the CTP. So, you know... We don't all constantly work. The more time we have helps. But, frankly, we all fall off of that study program course from time to time. For many reasons. And we have to figure out how to get back on. Yeah. If we actually want to. Most of us do. Right. But I do think it is worth the reflection of, is it something that you still want to do, or are you doing it because you feel like you're too far in and you have to keep going? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that can happen. So once you've made your decision that you want to get back onto the study program horse and ride again, how do you do that? What's a good strategy? What what kinds of things have helped you? Um, so I am a very organized person. The thing that has helped me the most and that I have actually just currently done um, is kind of twofold. I created a syllabus where I looked at all of the questions that I have left to answer for CTP3 currently and I plotted them out one a week and so I'm only I broke it down into these smaller chunks so that I only have to do one question a week which makes it much more manageable and makes it much easier for me to look at and say okay I can do this I don't have to do anything else I just have to do this one thing this week um And the other half of that is I got myself an accountability buddy. So I'm working, uh, Reverend Melissa Ashton and I were about the same spot where we got stuck in the CTP3. Um, So I made us kind of a joint syllabus to cover the courses that we're missing. And like she has some that I've done and I have some that she's done. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I made us a syllabus, and we're working through it week by week together, and we're sending each other our answers every week, yeah. so that 
we can prove I did the work this week. Here it is. Um, so yeah, I, I organize it out and break it into smaller chunks, and then I find someone to hold me accountable. That's part of the reason that I went through and created the dedicated path for the wheel of the year was so that things were in small chunks and you could kind of move through it on a calendrical basis. Yeah. Because when you know where you need to be, it, it helps you get back to where you want to be. Right. And I will say that I have now, having done this with Missy, have made a syllabus for the IP, CTP 1, 2, and 3, and the pre-CTP. So I've done it for all of the like core advanced study program. So if anyone's in need of a syllabus, I've already made them. So <laughs> send us an email. We'll send, send us an email and I will get it to you. One of the things with the syllabus though is sometimes you fall behind. Right. And so taking the, the DP through the wheel of the year as a as a good example of this, you miss a week. And now you're not on week five, or you expected to be, you're now on week four still. Which depends on what you're doing, that might not matter. Right. Um, because, so for, for Missy and I, I did label them with dates, because we want to hold each other accountable yep. to this date-by-date date week. Um, but when I've created them before, um, particularly so that I can send them to other people and have them be useful, is they're just labeled week one, week two, week three, week four, um right on down the line because that way unless you're doing a course that requires journaling every week um if you miss a week fine just yeah. pick it back up or if you work two weeks in a row and you smoosh them together that's also fine just pick the next one up yep there are strategies for catching up yes and they work actually very well there are a couple of requirements here and there that you really do have to do consistently Mm-hmm. And the best strategy for that is making sure that you have the apparent time to do it when you start. So look at your calendar, <laughs> figure out what you know you need to do, and whether or not that's going to be something that you can finish in that time period, assuming nothing else happens. So I have a really great story with that one. Yeah. I was working... So I, when I worked on the IP, I was I got pregnant in the middle of it and so I was pregnant for a portion of the work and then was going to have my daughter and wasn't going to be done yet and so then need to continue um, and I remember going into it and saying okay I'm going to finish the journals for trance one before she's born but have some time um, before I like like it was I finished trans one, I don't know, like a month and a half before she was born, maybe. Yeah. And so I remember having this discussion with Reverend Hill. I was like, I mean, I can just start trans two and keep going, which also has a five-month journal requirement. And she's like, you might want to rethink that because, and, and I did end up listening to her, but inevitably I would have started it and gotten a month in and then had a newborn. And there would have been no way that I was trancing every week and writing about it. Yes. Um, and so that was, like, definitely look at what's going on in your life and make an educated decision about if you should really be taking that on right then. Right. Um, and if you can, you know, try and push stuff together in advance. 
mm-hmm. if possible, if you're able to plan for this sort of stuff, and give yourself enough leeway to let things settle down after major life events that you may know are coming up, or major <coughs> other events that you may know are coming up. Um, if you're getting married, that is not the time to start a trans journal either, right, I don't right. think. I don't think so either. Um, it, it's, it's just one of those things where, as things come up, make sure that you're, you're trying to plan for them, which will help you mitigate on the back end when things don't quite go according right. to plan, because or, there's a plan at least. Even if it's not a major life event, if you've got, you know your next quarter of college is going to be a bunch of really hard classes, maybe don't double that up with a trance journal or a meditation journal. Uh, or your lit practicum journal. Or your lit practicum journal, although that could be entertaining. It could. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe don't double that up if you know you're going to have a really hard semester. The other thing that I often recommend to people, and, and I do this for all sorts of things, a lot of people, if they miss a high day, that's that's a real big thing in the, the dedicate path work because you have to do eight high days. Consecutively. Consecutively. And missing a high day is, is a fear many people have. And it's also a thing that's really likely to happen. But I would say it's also very easy to mitigate. It is. Um, I mean, because only four of them have to follow the core order. Right. So I would say that when you are able, do a core order right. Plan them out, do them, get them off the table. Yeah. Um, And that way, when you're not and you miss a high day... You still have a week leeway either direction. And so if you get really sick and you miss the high day, then you can still observe the high day, which is what the dedicate work requires, is that you observe the eight high days um, in a way that is much less intensive. Yes. And a, a good example of this is Reverend Kirk Thomas was doing... was doing some study work and and was doing uh, and and at the time was I believe Archdruid or maybe he was Vice Archdruid either way um, he got a detached retina and it was just before a high day and he did his ritual lying in the grass on his back marking the high day as it went past um I think he even recorded it (laughs) and um, posted about it and said, here's what I did. And that's sometimes all that you need to do. Marking the high day is not always a big ritual production. And it's not always on time. The best time to mark the high day is when you can mark the high day. Right. The seasons are going to continue to move. They're going to continue to change. It's the way that you recognize that change and that movement that's really important here. Right, and I mean, if you're marking the high day because of whatever circumstance came up, is you taking five minutes to light a candle and think about, like, the focus of the season, that's observing that high day. And that can be one of your four that doesn't have to be core order. Yep, and you can... You can increase the complication of that if you wish, or you can leave it at that. You can take an omen for the coming year. That's a perfectly good ritual action that doesn't take any more time than five minutes in front of a candle. Right. You know, you can redecorate your altar for the new season. 
perfectly good way to observe mm-hmm. and put yourself in that mind mindset. Also, doesn't necessarily have to take more than five ten minutes. So right. there are lots of things that you can do that aren't necessarily a full ride to to get yourself back on track if the day comes and the day goes. Don't let yourself get dragged down by the fact that you didn't do a thing on the day that you planned. In the way that you wanted it to happen. Right. Make sure that you do a thing because doing a thing is what's really important there. And I will say, I hadn't thought about the, like, redecorating your altar before as being a good way to observe the high day, but that is also good if you're just not feeling like praying. Yeah. That's a way to observe it. It is. When you don't feel like doing that kind of stuff. Reshuffle your altar, light it up, put all the candles on it, and just kindle those, and sit in front of it for a little while. You don't have to say anything or necessarily even do anything, but it keeps you active in the work that you're doing. Sometimes, though, you go even further than a couple of weeks or whatever, and you really feel like you've fallen off that study program course. And then the guilt starts to mount. And the guilt is real, folks. Yeah. It is definitely real. Uh, Because you feel like you should be doing this thing. You feel like, um, oh man, I've missed it. I don't know how to go talk to my gods again. I don't know how to, to call out to my spirit allies because I feel guilty for not talking to them. And that's a very human thing. It's like, oh, I didn't call my grandma on her birthday. I don't know how to do it now. You know, right. it's we, we, we have these kinds of problems all the time. And the way that I have gotten over that in the past when that's happened to me is sometimes you just have to do a thing to resolve that problem. You have to commit expiation, yes. essentially. You have to take a mulligan prayer. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely it. Because expiation prayers are prayers meant to assuage guilt and are meant to apologize for failures to commit or perform or do whatever you're you're trying to do. And the, the simple act of offering that prayer or making that offering goes a long way to helping you feel better about where you are. Yeah, I actually wrote one and put it in the Hearthkeeper's Way. Excellent. So there's a pre-written expiation prayer in there. Um, Because it's a thing that happens to all of us. It's something that I I meant to put into the back of the the last wadi, the Wheel of the Year. Um, I, I had meant to put back of it an expiation prayer I, I didn't do it I should still get around to doing it. you should that. do that you can lift mine if you want I might um, <laughs> but the act of sitting down and saying hey I'm sorry that I haven't been doing what I said I would do I want to get back into that habit and I would like your help speaking to your spirits speaking to your allies I want to recommit myself to this path and this work. And that can go a long way because it can make you feel better about the work that you were doing in the past, better about the fact that you missed stuff because you've said out loud that you are sorry. Right. And that goes a really long way. 
and it helps you feel better about the work in the future because it doesn't feel like you need to start over necessarily. It feels like you need to continue from where you said you were going to continue. Exactly. And if you've fallen off that study program course and you don't know how to get back on, light a candle, say you're sorry, recommit yourself to the work, and then do it. And keep going. Yeah. And I'll be honest, sometimes it takes more than one of those mulligan prayers. That's okay too. That is fine. The fact remains, you can always say you're sorry. You can always start again. You can always pick up where you left off. Fall off the horse three times, get back on four. Exactly. (laughs) So, continue doing the work. Continue diving into it. And work your way through it as far as you can. If you fall off again, get back on. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.